Film, episode 44. I'm Pete Ray, here with my good friend, fellow teacher, Mitchell Maine. What's going on? Chilling. Just woke up from a nap. I hope you're worth it. Did you really just wake up from a nap? I did, yeah. A little power how nap. Did you have, how did you have time from the last time I saw you to what you had to go do to take a nap? Um, well, you texted me you were on your way home at like 3.36. And I was assuming you would probably get home before 4, 3.55. Um, but I, I texted you and said, let's shoot for 4.15. Cause I just wanted that extra little, that little cushion of time to get some good, good old shut eye. How long was your nap? Like twenty minutes. That's impressive. Yeah, dude. And I, I, it's one of those naps. Um, the shorter naps are the ones when you wake up and like you're like, "Where am I? What year is it? Who am I?" I felt that when I woke up from this nap. That's. I can't do that. If I take a nap, it's it's an hour automatically. No shorter, no longer. It's just an hour. I I think like don't they say like the the best nap time window is like twenty minutes? I believe so. I feel like I've heard uh, rich tech billionaires say that. I think there's some military training behind like taking a power nap or something like, or maybe yeah. it's falling asleep. I don't know. But anyways, I'm a big nap guy. Love naps. I, I am the opposite. I think they're great. Like obviously falling asleep is awesome, but anytime I take a nap, I'm up till two. I can't fall asleep till like 2 AM. Do you take melatonin? Every once in a while when I'm feeling like it, yeah, the melatonin that does is, it for me, man. That is how you game the system, though. Take a nap and then wake up and just pop some melatonin. Dude, and like five milligrams of melatonin. It's like the smallest dose. Like I don't even take the full serving size. I take half the serving size. And I'm, I'm tired, dude. Yeah, it wipes me out. Do you have uh, weird dreams on melatonin? No, but NyQuil, dude. NyQuil. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I first started taking melatonin, I was like, whoa, these are, these are weird ones. Cause I, I don't know. I don't remember my dreams very often. I don't feel like, but they were something else. Yeah. That, that's me with NyQuil and it got to a point and I'm shameful to admit this, but like <laughs> when I was in high school, maybe even middle school, like I was taking NyQuil because I was sick and I thought I was getting off of the sickness, um, getting down with the sickness. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I, I would take them even though I was probably not sick. Like I probably didn't need to take NyQuil, but I took it because I wanted to sleep well and I would always have the, just the weirdest dreams. Yeah. And I remember some to this day. Hmm. Are you going to share them? I was hoping you would ask. I'll share just one. Uh, I just, at one time I remember I had a dream when I went, I was going to the gym. And when I got into the gym, the gym was full of literal elephants. 
Hmm. It just ends right there. Yeah, I can't remember what happens after that. (laughs) (laughs) There's not like elephants on the treadmill. No, like they're everywhere. They're doing all the exercises. Yeah, they're doing it all. Okay. All right. I thought you just walked in and it was just said the elephants were just in the gym. They weren't doing anything. No, they were they were grinding. Okay. Uh, I had another one too. I just thought of this. I was going (laughs) off roading with my grandpa. And this is weird. I remember we we were going on a ramp and then like I was driving. But then when we get off, we go on this ramp, um, we catch extreme air and we land in a pool. And the moment we land in the pool, I wake up and I'm drenched in sweat. In real life. Yeah. IRL. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Dreams are weird, man. I, I don't. I've like, I've taught stuff about dreams before, like psychological things. We always connect it to mythology and I just don't, they they just make no sense. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are a psychologist, please analyze my motivations, my behaviors, just really get in repressed fears and anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. Permission to really get in there and analyze. Let's. I'm just gonna look up um, what do elephants symbolize in dreams. Oh, I'm kind of oh. nervous. Oh, oh, no, this is good. Okay. This is good. Elephants are a common sign of luck, and this is also true of how they show up in dreams. So they may appear in your dreams as a sign that luck and success are on their way to you. Okay, well, this was like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, did you win the lottery after you had this dream? Uh, Even though you were maybe 8 years old, maybe 18 years old, I don't know. I won the lottery because I'm a teacher. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The the cheese is back. Um, Wow. I've just got to come down off that one for a second. You don't have any crazy um, dreams, though, that you remember? Um, none that I can really think of. I, I You mentioned, like, waking up in a pool of sweat because that was, like, happening in your dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'll have that sometimes where, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, hearing the beeping in my dream, and then you come out of it and realize it's your alarm clock. That's always just a strange feeling. What, what about sleepwalking? I don't, I don't think I've ever slept walked. That can't be right. Um, but my brother and I shared a room when we were in like elementary and middle school. And I think he said I used to talk a little bit, just mumble some things. He couldn't make anything out. But no, never, never mm-hmm. any sleepwalking. You? Uh, dude, yeah, all the time. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Um, I didn't think you know. <laughs> I thought you were looking at me like, <laughs> I don't know why I would have no. to kid about that. Um, <laughs> but one time I remember waking up and just on my nightstand was the ba- uh, the basketball that I used in my driveway. Um, so I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I told my mom, I'm like, why is the basketball in my room? 
she was like, you're not going to believe what you did last night, but you were sleepwalking and you got out into the garage. You opened the garage door and I just started putting shots up in my sleep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's how I know I was a, I was a hooper. Um, yeah. Am a hooper. You're literally present tense. doing, doing it in your, in your sleep. Like that's how, you know, you're on the grind. Yeah. literally i don't sleep i do it in my sleep that's the definition right i love that i also had a sleepwalking dream when i was looking for my bowling ball in the closet and i do not own a bowling ball okay what do bowling balls (laughs) in dreams represent? i think i'm just grind i'm a grinder that's what it means yeah I mean, I was putting shots um, up in my sleep. That explains yeah, my six point per game high school average. Yeah. <laughs> dreams about bowling balls. Since long ago, dreams about bowling balls is also related to the astral world. I'm just going to stop right there. That's ri- just ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Um, you big into um, your astrological sign? Uh. When it's positive, yes. Oh, okay. You cherry pick. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's me. Okay. That's me. No, that one. That's not me. <laughs> no. What? What are you? Are um, you? You're a. You're a Libra. No, not a Libra. You're a Cancer. I'm a Taurus. A Taurus. Okay. Yeah. What are you? I'm an Aquarius. Yeah, I don't really know what any of that means. Yeah, I don't know. I know they have them like based on like combos too. Like Aquarius will best pair with blank or whatever. Oh, I see. Maybe we're maybe we're not supposed to be paired together. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I think that's a quick Google search on your end. So, so bad. Yeah. Um, Taurus matches best with. Yes, great um, Google search. We could just do we could just do a whole podcast of um, Pete Google's things. I love it. Tauruses are known for their steadfastness and persistence. Well, yeah, that's me for <laughs> sure. Um, let's see. I see a picture of David Beckham and his wife. Nice. They must be Tauruses. Um, Tori looks. Oh yes, Tori. That's correct. <laughs> Oh, how about this? How about this? The ultimate match for a Taurus is another Taurus. Wow. Wow. It's because you're very egotistical. You don't want anybody that's not like you. That's how it makes me feel seeing this as the number one. Um, (laughs) I think I'd like to not be a Taurus anymore. No. Number two, Scorpio. What were you again? An Aquarius? Aquarius. I'm Googling it. Yeah, you come in at number seven. Not great. Yeah. It's a, it says a, a match that shouldn't work. This is from the website Pure Wow. What a trusted source. Pure Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here mm. on Prep Scholar. Uh, <laughs> it says it's not telling me who I'm best with. It says I'm analytical. I'm 
uh, I mirror the Aquarians of the Zodiac mirror this chaotic energy. They're unconventional, individualistic, introspective, and idealistic. Mm, interesting. Um, they can be stubborn and difficult. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm 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 a hosp I'm a hospitable person. I have a good sense of humor. Eclectic interests. I'm complex. I'm independent. I'm snobby. I'm too stoic. I'm noisy. That's not true. Uh, inflexibility. <laughs> possessiveness i'm i these are just these are random adjectives <laughs> yeah. somebody just pulling it just through through some sticks on the ground and um they pointed at different adjectives yeah. <laughs> you and me we have low overall compatibility <laughs> yeah it makes makes yeah, sense. low love low friendship low communication yep Hence why no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all we'll blame it on the astral planes. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the audience of none. Um, maybe they're just a bunch of uh, Capricorns. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I wonder what would be like the worst for both of us. Like if we had to average it. Yeah. Um, but shout out I you guess. if you are a Sagittarius because you and I, we have high compatibility. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, In wow. all categories, apparently. As well as Geminis. Where are my Geminis, baby? <laughs> uh, let's see. For you, you're a Taurus. Um, you and a Cancer, I think, would pair well. Um, here's an interesting fact for you. Hmm. Uh, I'm a Taurus. You know who else is a Taurus? David Beckham. Uh, no, no. Someone of almost equal uh, fame, though. Okay. Um, he goes by the name, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, wow. <laughs> and how about this transition? I'm waiting. No? <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to give me another one. <laughs> Well, no, I was trying to transition away from talking about our astral planes oh. and zodiacs. Oh, I see. Um, oh. But really quick, since I'm snobby, can I one up your Oppenheimer oh, with uh, Michael Jordan? Barbie is Barbie a uh, Sagittarius, an Aquarius? Uh, Michael Jordan, huh? Yeah, the second goat of all time. But yeah. but I'm gonna just yeah, let's transition. I'm done with this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we're a little bit down the road of uh, the Barbie and Oppenheimer, the Barbenheimer, um, just world event. I don't even know what else to call it. Phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, we've both seen them, seen both films now. I felt it would be fitting if we gave our thoughts on on both. So I think we should start in the uh, the order that I, I believe you should have gone and seen them, which is you go see Barbie first and then Oppenheimer after that. Back so, to back, which you did. Which I did, yes. Can you tell I us a little bit about the, that uh, experience? 
That's a yes, roller coaster of emotions. It was. So I kept seeing online that people were going to go see Oppenheimer first and then Barbie. And I was just blown away by that. No way do I want to go see Oppenheimer and just dark, dark movie and then sit on that for like an hour and then go see Barbie. I just felt like that would have ruined the Barbie experience. So I went and saw Barbie at like, I don't know, three, I think. Um, loved it. We'll talk about it more. There were, you know, it's one of the weirder movies to maybe go see by yourself, which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few high school kids in there. None that I knew any, which was nice. I try to keep my head down. Dude, I was, in, in I was going to ask you if you ran into anybody and how that would have felt. I did think that I did see um, some of my former students, but they came in a little late and sat in the back corner, and I was like, okay, good. I'll let them leave before before I get out of here. Um, yeah, I think it was mostly high school kids that I was in the uh, theater <laughs> with. Um, yeah, a, a few of them were, were quite talkative throughout the uh, movie, which just grinded my gears um but that's okay i i i didn't really expect anything less yeah i think you have to let Um, them have that moment yeah i think so okay well i did i i I, and what am i gonna do um so yeah left went home ate some food went back to oppenheimer oppenheimer was packed there were a ton of people in there way more than barbie which was surprising um, three hours of Oppenheimer was sweet and then drove home in silence as I contemplated my life and <laughs> just had the, maybe the greatest movie day ever. I don't know. I mean, it was just sweet. It was awesome. I loved it. How long was the break in between your Barbie and Oppenheimer showing? I think it was about an hour, an hour and a half, maybe. And you just Not went home. Long. Yeah, I actually picked up some, uh, I believe I picked up some McDonald's on the way home. Okay. I would have just yeah. stayed out and ate something. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that, but it just didn't happen. I also thought about, like, maybe I could just leave Barbie and then just sneak my way into some movie that's already, like, halfway over mm-hmm. just for the hour and a half. Or I guess I could watch a whole thing and then... Just never leave. That would have been amazing. That would have been sweet. Yeah. But um, I was going to go with you, but you kind of just. No, no, yeah. no. It's, we no, don't need to talk don't about start. it. Don't start. This. this guy's making executive decisions. Hey, what time you want to go see the movie? Wait, just kidding. I bought tickets to this time. Well, you know, when you're dealing with something that time is of the essence which movies are. I mean, there's literal times that you must go see the movie by. The movie starts at a certain time. I was planning it out as I am persistent, um, <laughs> which I believe we just learned. Uh, a little too long to text back on your end. I, uh, I got to look out for number one. I respect it. You got to get yours. And also, let me say, you're, you're, you said that you couldn't come because you had to uh, drive the next morning. 
correct? Yeah, and then we saw each other on the road. (laughs) And then I literally passed you on the road. So, you know, I'm I'm not 80 years old, and I didn't think you were either, that you can't stay up till 1030 (laughs) at night and then wake up the next morning. I bet you woke up at 930, maybe. It sounds about right. Maybe even. Yeah, Yeah. see, so I want to hear no flack at all. Yeah, I didn't get a nap that day, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell me what you thought, though. Let's start with Barbie. What were your thoughts? Barbie was great. Uh, Love it. You're either going to love it or hate it. Um, Yep. When I was leaving the theater, I was thinking, like, this is a good movie. Like, this is a good icebreaker if you're meeting someone. And then I saw later, like, someone said on Twitter or something like, do you like Barbie? That's the best first date question. And I couldn't agree more. You're going to find out a ton about a person if they like Barbie or hate it. And you're there's no in-between. You're either going to love it or hate it. I thought it was great. I thought it was excellent. Um, have you seen, if you haven't, you need to see Ben Shapiro's um, just rant, 45-minute rant on Barbie. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not. I have not. Cue that up tonight and watch that. <laughs> that's that's what would have been great is to watch Barbie, then watch the 45-minute rant, and then head right into Oppenheimer. That would have been prime. <laughs> Dude, I just I don't think he understood. Maybe he's trolling me and the rest of the people, but I don't think he understands the concept of satire. Because, like, everything he's pointing out is clearly satirical in nature in the story, and he's taking it very literally. Yeah. Yeah. He has a problem with people flying off of the tops of houses. Yeah. And um, he's, uh, like, he hates how the men are depicted in the movie. Yeah. And to a point, I get that. Um, Not to step on a pedestal too much but it's like if we're talking about satire and movies having social commentary like i think this movie there's a nice balance between it just being a purely satirical funny movie but then also having some commentary that is relevant and needs to be said um i think the the balance between the two sometimes can be a little bit on the nose like there's the line um, where the little we can give spoilers at this point scene spoilers um, the guy who works at Mattel says something like well what does he say he's like I don't get respected for what I do at my work so I must be a girl too or something like that yeah yeah just like true like clearly pointing out flaws in society in a satirical way some people are really going to hate that um but at the end of the day no matter how you feel i feel like you can just boil it down to it's a movie about barbie it's literally a movie about a doll um (laughs) we don't need we can take it seriously if we want or we can just view it as a doll (laughs) there's there's no need to get worked up about a doll yeah yeah, I feel like if you're getting mad about that, there's bigger problems that you may need to look yeah. into. Yeah. 
Yeah, you mentioned on the nose, and I kind of felt it did a pretty good job of balancing being on the nose, but also, yeah, having that social commentary piece. There were a few parts that I did think were like, oh, we could have maybe gone around in a roundabout way there instead of just, yeah, completely just saying those things. But, I mean, I thought that I liked the message for anyone that was going to see it. Like I, I thought it was a great message. And I think that there's a lot of messages that you take depending on how old you are. And if you're male or female and your life experiences and dude, Greta Gerwig is a beast, Mm -hmm. a boss. She is amazing. Like I just want her to make every movie ever. I think with the, with the commentary too, it's like, if you're going to be turned off by the movie because of a joke in the first half, like you might as well just stop watching it there because if you're going to be turned off, there's a lot of good character arc for all involved. Correct. And so like, I don't want to say too much, but it's like, if you're a guy, you can feel good about yourself after the movie. If you're a girl, you can feel good about yourself after the movie, but you can't be turned off to it because there are going to be some jokes and things that you don't like. There were some things in there that I didn't like, but at the end of the day, I, I loved it. It was it was hilarious. It was somewhat philosophical, but also just fun. Yeah. Um, I do think my favorite part was just the the dream ballet in the, I don't know, three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. It was It was just the best i was smiling it was amazing i loved it yeah my favorite part is just ken's fascination with horses (laughs) that part was so funny too yes (laughs) when they ride in on imaginary horses (laughs) that's great (laughs) i loved his when he gets into the like real world too and there's just that like mini montage of he sees like what what men are in the real world or Mm -hmm. like the, the stereotypical man and just the look on his face and everything about that. Cause, and especially that it's making fun of us was, I, I liked it. How about playing the acoustic guitar? I've been talking about how I want to buy an acoustic guitar <laughs> and learn how to play it. <laughs> just to uh, impress Shelby. Yeah. And just sing push <laughs> to her crisscross. <laughs> I love it. Dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, do you want to give a score or do you know what you gave it? Yeah, I gave it a 92. I think that's what I gave it too. I want to say, let me see. Oh, I gave it a 95. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. Good flick. I um, want that hoodie, but I can't ever buy that. I'm Ken enough. Yeah. I'm Ken enough. enough. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, Oppenheimer. Fantastic. 96. Give me my score right out of the gate. I think I give it a, a 97. Yeah. That was amazing, um, dude. It, yeah. I, I, I know everyone is talking about, like, I don't know, that it is a, like, cinematic masterpiece. And I think that when you when I hear that, I always think of like how the film was made 
Uh, I definitely think it it was an amazingly made film, but like the plot of it is what really I don't know was sitting with me after I I left, um, and the only way I can explain it is that like the first half of the movie when Oppenheimer's doing all his stuff, he's just like you can tell he's this amazing brilliant person i was like let's go like i'm gonna go home and do ten thousand push-ups every day (laughs) and i'm going to never sleep and i'm just gonna destroy life and then by the end of the movie i just wanted to go home and just not live in a home anymore and have no possessions and like it did beat you down in the end and i I liked that. He's just so paradoxical. Yes. He has the ability to destroy through his creation. Like just the paradox behind that. Like literally within his hands, he can destroy the world through what he's built and what he studied. Um, No, it was so good, man. The stories are very Nolan-esque in the ways like the storylines are embedded throughout. Um, I it almost needs like a second rewatch immediately after. That's how I felt too. Yeah, because you know, like there are some parts where I was like, I know I need to like focus up a little bit more so I can pay attention to more of like the Robert Downey Junior Junior character, um, yeah. his relation to Oppenheimer. Um, but it was amazing, dude. The scene when they launch it for the test. Just yeah. unreal. Benny Safdie all sunscreened up. Um, yeah. <laughs> dude, and it's just quiet. Oh, it, yeah, and then when he starts having the, I don't want to say too much, but then again, when he like starts seeing, like we can see introspectively into what he's seeing, like when he's talking to people, right. like oh, just the power that he realizes he has and the immorality that comes with it. Just so, so well done. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you your favorite part from Oppenheimer. Is it one of those two? Yeah, probably both of those. The the testing, and then I believe he's in the church, or and he's standing at the podium, and then like he sees all the dead people in his imagination. Yeah. Just incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I think my favorite part was how... Christopher Nolan decided to tell the story. Just I like I liked how much it jumped around and we went from uh, him building the bomb to him in that little room with all the lawyers to him and like the black and white scenes that are like kind of in the middle of all that. I I just like bouncing back and forth and how you got to see him trying to create this amazing thing but also at the same time later in his life being like prosecuted for that and then also wanting to like stop what he started it's just like you said paradoxical he goes from being this amazing thing to i don't like what i created and we need to control it somehow yeah to being hated because he wants to do the right thing yeah it's it's weird there's a there's a documentary on criterion about him i want to watch it uh, the day after Trinity. Yeah, right? I added it to the list. When I taught eighth grade for a semester, uh, we did like 
World War II unit, and there's a graphic novel called Trinity, and it's it's a fantastic graphic novel. It's all in black and white. Um, it's it's great. So I'd recommend that too. Okay. It's really short too. Um, yeah, I just was remembering that as I was watching this. Yeah, afterwards, you almost want to watch some um, Kurosawa. I think High and Low. It takes place right after World War II, right? Oh, does it? I think so. And a lot of, I think a lot of what that story is is like the fears associated with Japan after World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a uh, hundred out of a hundred for me. High and low. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Yes. Just great Amazing. flicks. Great flicks. Um. So moving on from Barbie, social commentary, Oppenheimer, uh, death and destruction. We move into the first film of our uh, school series because uh, it's back to school time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we watched 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, I have written a poem as the synopsis. Mm. Are you ready? Please hit me with it. Two households, mm-hmm. both alike in dignity. Mm. Oh, just kidding. That's the wrong Shakespeare play. While Joey longs for femininity, Heath Ledger will only date if there is pay. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt is out for love, pining after his fair young Bianca. Does anyone know the French word for glove? And oh my, that Miss Perky. Ooh la la. (laughs) Can, (laughs) Can anyone tell this is a sonnet? An ode to our boy, the poet Shakespeare. Is Julia Stiles so punk, oh you bet, when she finds her love, she will surely cheer. She hates that she doesn't hate you, it's true. This is the ten things I hate about you. Oh, bars, bars. That's that's right, (laughs) I wrote me a sonnet. That is a sonnet. Um... I do the sonnets suck. They're terrible. So bad. Yeah. Um, 14 lines. 14 lines. Um, it's not an iambic pentameter, but I, I'm not going to put that much effort into it. No, I hate to burst your bubble. You were chunking a little bit in the middle of that. So I missed probably a line. Oh no. So you can just go back and reread it all from start to, to end. That won't be, that won't be <laughs> happening. No, that was we'll great. Just make it, we'll make it a little... Um, you, the audience will just have to add in their, their own rhyme in there. You can freestyle it. Yeah. I like it. Um, so, so 10 Things I Hate About You. We've done some school movies already. We did Clueless, which is a school movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way. What else? I thought there was one more that we did. Uh... Maybe not, though. I don't think so. I think it's just, just uh, Blade. Blade is a school <laughs> movie. He's a high schooler. Very educational. You know, I think I've just made it my purpose to mention Blade once every episode. And um, I love that purpose for you. <laughs> I wouldn't want anything more. <laughs> All right. So, so ten things I hate about you. Get us started. What do you think? Well, if you you mentioned Clueless, if Clueless is the Coca Cola of school movies here. Um, oh, what? 10 things I hate about you is the RC Cola. Oh, not even the Pepsi. No, nah. 
Oh wow! Yeah, it's not Pepsi That's tier. Cold. It's not Pepsi tier. That's cold. <laughs> but am I still wow. gonna drink it? Yes. When's the last time you drank an RC cola? Well, I've never had to. I'm <laughs> I'm very snobby, as we learned earlier. Oh, I prefer yes, yes, yes. my Coca Colas, <laughs> Dr Pepper. Um, that is a great analogy, though. But yeah, like if they're gonna if if I'm at a restaurant, and they say, "Oh, we don't have." Uh, Dr. Pepper, we only have Mr. Pibb. Am I going to say, oh, never mind. I'll take a lemon water. No, I'll take the Mr. Pibb still, and I'll enjoy it. Um, I liked it. It was good. It was, um, we talked about this a little bit in the Clueless episode. It's, I see a lot of my students rocking the same fits as these kids. Yeah, literally the second the movie started, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that the 90s are back. Like, this this kind of just looks like today almost. Yeah, it's it's kind of like what was popular then has now just emerged into thrift culture. Because all these people yes. have grown up and dropped off their high school clothes at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, so now everyone is wearing, I guess, our parents' clothes. Yes. Yeah, in a way. I've always wondered that. Who's like, if I thrift something, I'm like, who was this jacket possessed by before? Yeah, a murderer. Yeah, you ne- we'll never know. Yeah. Um, How about when we get in, we're, we're going to bounce around a little bit. The teacher in this movie. um, Mr. Morgan. Yeah. Dude would be canceled in the real world today. <laughs> Dude, but I, I loved him. This, I mean, the second he speaks in the movie, I was just like, oh, I just wish that I could be one ounce of what he is. Just, <laughs> just one day out of the year, I wish I could do that. Just uh, pipe down, Chachi. I would love to say <laughs> that to a kid. <laughs> I also, I wrote down, just scoot. Like, he's just... <laughs> He just screams scoot at people to get out of his room. I liked that. And I think he refers, he doesn't call a kid this, but he refers to a girl as the B word. He yeah. says like, oh no, they think you're a bleep or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this guy's just no filter. Very, very energetic. And yeah, just uh, like he'll, he'll stick up for you when you, when he needs to, but he also... He's a realist. He knows that Julia Stiles' cat, she's annoying. Like, he he, he kind of just gets it. Yeah, he does. Um, his instructional method is not the best. Once class starts, he's bumping, jumping right into the focus lesson. He's not doing any meet and greets. He's not doing any bell ringers, no warm-up. Uh, he doesn't care how they are doing. He doesn't care what they did. He asks them what they did over the weekend, I guess. Um, yeah. But he's just like, hey, all right, here we go. You're writing me a sonnet. <laughs> just from the beginning. Yeah, I'm, we should just steal that assignment and just see how it goes. Just do it like he did it and then just see what happens. Yeah. Um, I have texted you after we watched it because we finished it around the same time. And, like, I texted you, if I was the teacher – once Katarina read her poem, I don't know how I would react. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had, I mean, it's just kind of awkward, right? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh or anything like that or 
I w- it would just be very tense in the air. I had, this is one of the maybe more awkward things that has ever happened in my room. Um, we're given speeches. It's like the final last couple weeks of school. Um, kids are given speeches. Uh, quiet girl gets up. She really doesn't like, doesn't talk much, but just delivers fire. Just fire. No, that, that would have been amazing. That would have been great. She starts her speech. She's about maybe a minute in and then just stops and looks at me and says, can I go to the bathroom? (laughs) And, (laughs) And that's, that's one thing, but I misheard her. And I thought she said, can you go to the bathroom? And I was like, you want me to leave? Like, I thought that I was making oh her uncomfortable God. or something. So I just said, can I go to the bathroom? And then she was like, I can't even remember. I think she, maybe she just repeated herself. And, you know, it's dead silent. Everyone's looking at she and I. And I just said, um, yeah, yeah, if you need to, sure. Um, <laughs> You're too nice. <laughs> And it was just like, okay, speech over. Uh, She left. And then it was like, okay, who's next? (laughs) But it was, it was, I was just so confused at what was happening. It was so strange. Um, It was, it was a weird one. Did she have a lot left to go or was she on the tail end of it? She was like halfway through. So I was, anytime those kids get up that are quiet, I'm always like from within I'm just trying to push the good vibes at them. Yep. They don't know it. Yep. They might not feel it. But from within my heart and soul, I'm just giving all my strength to them of like, you you really can do this. You can get through this. Yes. So I like, halfway through, I'm like, we're in the clear. This is okay. She's doing it. Like, we're going to get through it. It's going to be all right. And then I got that bomb dropped on me. It was something. Uh, you needed to have her finish that. No way, man. I couldn't, couldn't uh, do that. I would have said, is it an emergency or can you finish this really quick? You're almost done. Oh, no way, man. Oh, come on. What if they can't go on? If they say, I got to go on, I'll be like, all right. You could just go full on. Um, n- no, if you really got to go, it's happening on my floor. <laughs> just hand them the bucket for like lockdowns. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get kids that'll say sometimes, like, I got to go to the bathroom, and they'll say, like, if, if I don't go, I'm going to cry, and I'll say, okay, cry. If you cry, I'll let you go. Matthew, that's and... mean. No way! Yeah, that's more mean than saying, is it an emergency, or can you finish this? Five minutes left of class, and they're trying to go to the bathroom? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I I like my situation better, <laughs> but you knew this kid all year long. You know the relationship, so I can't say what I would do entirely. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, that is quite bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it was strange. I still think about it clearly. Um, the characters in this are both amazing and ridiculous. Just high school stereotypes just perpetuated to the extreme 
But also what I like is that even the non-high school characters, like the first guy we mentioned as the teacher, mm-hmm. like um, their dad is hilarious. Dad's I love their dad. I wrote I wrote a quote down. I think it's the there. same one I wrote. Let me see. Is it about the is it about the party? It is about a party. Cause there, I I think it's Bianca. She's like, it's just a party, and he says, it's just a party, and hell is just a sauna. <laughs> like that, that is just so. It's like poetic, and it's just very like I know what's going on here. I wrote a different quote. He's talking to Bianca, and he says. You are not getting down and jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. <laughs> <laughs> we we should uh we should have to work those words into our first week of school or first day of school somehow. Jiggy. Jiggy dope ride. <laughs> um yeah. I'll make it happen. He also at one point talks about having his his elbows deep in placenta, which I thought was just a very interesting way of putting things. That was quite bizarre. Yeah. But I guess it would, if you're a, if you hear that, it makes you maybe not all that excited. Yeah. Also bizarre that he has the empathy belly just in his back pocket, ready to throw on his daughter to simulate what a pregnancy would feel like. (laughs) You don't like that move? No, I love it. But I mean, are you going to go out and buy an empathy belly when you're a dad? Um, yeah, probably not. And just be like, oh, yeah, my daughters need this. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that he was funny. He was hilarious. Yeah, just um, overprotective, just dorky dad. Yeah. Yeah, we obviously need to talk about our our protagonists. Well, I don't even know if they are protagonists. Definitely Kat is Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. She's kind of the main character. And then Heath Ledger as well. Um, what's his name? I can't remember. Uh, Pat name. Verona. Verona. Pat <laughs> Verona. Little hat tip to uh, Shakespeare. Yep. Um, what do you think of these two? Match made in heaven. You know, I thought they did have good chemistry. I think that was a big plus for this movie. I think they both fit really well. I could see them as a couple in the modern age today. Um, Heath Ledger, man. Can we talk about the, the smile? He's got just the best smile. Dude, just everything about Heath Ledger. The hair, the the weird accent that's kind of not an accent, but is at the same time. The dimples, dude's the man. R.I.P. He is, he is the man. Yes, I, I was thinking throughout this, like I can't believe this guy was the Joker. Like it's just, he's talented. Yeah, and then on the flip side with um, Cat, she has one of my favorite scenes in any school movie of all time. Can you guess what scene that is? I'm guessing it's not the dancing on the table. You don't think that's the scene? I, I don't think so, is it? When she's dancing to Hypnotized? <laughs> oh, dude, I love oh, that scene. I, I will say, when the needle drops, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah, she's, she's just getting down and jiggy to some biggie. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that got me hyped. Okay, that got you up on your table? Yeah. At home? Yeah. What are the uh, chances you do that first week of school? Uh, Pop up on your desk? Slim to none. Okay, all right. If you come in mid-period and dare me to, maybe I'll do it. Okay, I'll try and work that out. But I know your schedule, and I know it's not going to work for you, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true, yes. Yes. That whole party scene, though, is great. The the house party, because you see all of the different stereotypes again through the characters. You got the cowboys who have like the, the fancy, spittoon. yeah, the spittoon. It's all super fancy. Um, you have like the, the Joey's wearing their, their suits. Cameron's even got a suit on. Um, and then you have like the quote unquote outsiders with Pat and cat just doing their weird thing. And I, I love the party scene. I thought it was depicted well. That's definitely not how a high school outgoing would look, though. Definitely over-exaggerated. Yes, for sure. As as pretty much most of all of this movie was. To the extreme. Um, yeah, but I think, I don't know. I think, obviously, I don't know. Maybe is every, almost every school movie is like that, is exaggerated. And I think that's why people like them i think it has to be yeah because nobody everybody's gone to school nobody wants to watch a movie about something they did already i guess i think maybe that's why marvel's popping right now because it's just so otherworldly that's like do you remember this is a throwback do you remember the movie project x i do remember project x i i liked that movie so much i bought it on dvd and i still have it <laughs> nice i just remember i don't even know if i've seen it but i just remember in high school seeing trailers for that and just thinking that is got to be the best movie ever made <laughs> it appeals to the young crowd and i'm sure this did back in 1999 yeah for people that don't know the the trailer for project x just features like it's just a giant house party thrown by these high schoolers correct correct I want to say there's a scene where like they're jumping off the house. Um, I want to say there's helicopters and cops and it just is crazy. And it was paired with Kid Cudi's Pursuit of Happiness. And when that song was still peaking. um, The best. Yeah, just your Batman song. Um, Yeah. yeah. I remember that. You know, I really liked it back in the day. I think if I rewatched it, I, th- I would probably like 10 things I hate about you more. Well, hey, maybe it'll be your pick later on for uh, school movies. Uh, nah. Okay. Nah. Um, no, uh, no foreshadowing there. No, nah, I got something um, better in the chamber. Yes. Yeah. I did think surprisingly there were a few shots in this that I was like, hey, that's, that's interesting. I saw There's nothing. Not- well, I saw one. Tell me, though. Tell me. Well, here, I have a list. Um, this is more of a gimmick, but just like the, you know, the hole gets drilled into the French book. Uh-huh. And then we have a scene that starts and it's like in that hole looking at Joseph Gordon-Levitt's eye and then it like zooms out. thought that was kind of interesting camera work. Um, there was also the like little mini montage when they're trying to find guys to date Cat. 
and it's got like in the foreground it has the dude getting interviewed and then the background it's got all the ones that mm-hmm. are, like, have been interviewed like i thought that, that was cool that it matched those up a few times the slow-mo 360 down the stairwell of the fl- the party flyers that was my favorite awesome. yeah i love yeah, that that was cool and then there was one just really quick it's um it's heath ledger walking along the bookcase and his it's all you can see are like his eyes through the bookcase and it's moving with him kind of interesting i was i i liked those yeah the flyer scene was sweet i was like oh this looks cool yeah um but other than that nothing too nothing too wild here yeah pretty tame cinematically which i think is its purpose i don't think it's trying to be crazy out there in that regard correct correct um trying to see what i wanted to really just quick shout out joseph gordon levitt he did great yes he did and i would say he's he looked like a high schooler. He did. Like, he looked like a freshman. We were talking about the, um, what's that documentary called? The Trinity? The Oppenheimer? The Day After Trinity. The Day After Trinity. The Trinity of this movie is Pat Verona, Cameron, and Cat. And there's like yes, many, there's like different stories and character motivations that build off of those three and somehow they're all intertwined which i thought was cool yeah i also feel like probably a very memorable moment from this is heath ledger dancing and singing on the football stadium yeah of course everybody knows that scene i did not know that for real i did not like that was a complete new for me you had never seen that before nope are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding at all. No, I, I really did not know maybe anything about this movie. That's a noob move, bruh. I, I will own it. That's yes. classic scene. Shelby came home from work right when that scene was going on, and she started doing like the dance moves that he was doing. Wow. And Shelby's not one to like revisit movies a lot, but she was like, oh, this is a classic um, and she knew she was almost basically she was Heath Ledger in my living room. <laughs> well, I think I think that that scene alone is probably what gets um, most people to like say, oh, I love 10 things I hate about you. That scene. I would agree 100 percent with that. And really quick, just speaking of the um, the teachers, we talked about what's his name? Mr. Morgan, you said. Yeah. What about yeah. the uh, the detention teacher who confiscates the the bag of things from the kid in detention, and then he said uh, like I'm gonna send this down to the office or whatever, and then he walks up and looks at the other kid has a bag of Cheetos, and then he <laughs> takes the Cheetos. <laughs> That's uh, I I heard one time that uh, from a teacher friend of mine that. He had a teacher and knew a teacher that had a rule that, like, if you brought something into his class, he got a taste of it. So mm-hmm. if if you're bringing food, he's getting some of it. If you're bringing something to drink, he's getting some of it. And I would love to make that a rule. No, that'd be excellent. Uh, if you're a teacher, too, and you have, like, a, a nicotine problem, you, you probably don't have to go out and buy anything from what you can confiscate. 
That's very true. There's there's drawers full in in these schools. Yeah. Um, and then of course, just at the end, we already mentioned poems, but um, you think I should bring? You, this poem. you think I should bring Cat's poem to our next staff meeting, our next uh, LC meeting? <laughs> yes, uh, you should just to see who picks up on it. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big, dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much. It makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. And then yeah. tears. I think Kat's got you beat. Yeah. That was fire. That's what I was going to ask. Is that better than uh, than my, my poem? It just might it's be. Lamar-esque. That's Cole-esque. Uh, Shakur-esque. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. a poetic justice for yeah. sure. Um, my last thing is, uh, how about the the high school they're at? That like the, I thought it looked like Shawshank when I first saw. it. Oh, I liked it. I thought it it gave me um, kind of like no, yeah, it's sweet, Hogwarts. Man. It's a yeah, castle. Hogwarts. Yeah. Did you know it's a real high school? I looked it really? up. Really. It's a real high school in Tacoma, Washington. It kind of looks like maybe I'm totally off, but it kind of looks like Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa's high school too. Taylor Alderdice. Yes. Um, mm. maybe. maybe. Maybe it is. Multiverse. Maybe they're connected. All right. Um, let's wrap it up. Anything left? Give me a score. This is a 76.5. The point five is generosity to it being a school movie. Okay. So the school movie gets the point five yeah. added. Fun movie. Nothing crazy. Um, it also gets a big boost because it is a classic, and it's yeah. it's has a high rewatchability. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I gave it a seventy-five. Um, the, the characters I love. Um, we didn't mention what's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend's name. I can't remember, but he's remember. um the elf coordinator from the Santa Claus. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes, he is, and he's also an Oppenheimer. He is. He is. He's Oppenheimer's yeah, friend. Yeah, good, good call. Um, but I, I, re- I really liked him, so we got to mention him. Um, yeah, I definitely see why this is a classic, and I see why if you're a teenager, you would watch this and really like it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's it would be it's cyclical. It's coming back. I feel like a lot of kids nowadays would like it, and probably do like it. Yeah, yeah. And things I hate right, about you. Seventy five, seventy six and a half. Yeah, the critics give it a 71. Audience 69, strangely enough. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, um, that is installment numero uno in our back to school series. Next week, we're checking out one that I already know I like. And that is School of Rock, which I believe is Richard Linklater, if I'm not mistaken. I think he directed School of Rock, which is really cool. I didn't know that. Um, hopefully, I'm not wrong. And 
just sound like an idiot. Um, super excited. School of Rock. Jack Black crushes it. Um, fun movie. Fun, fun movie. That's going to be next time. You've seen it, I assume. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you can rewatch that bad boy on uh, Paramount+. Plus. It used to be on YouTube, free with ads. Um, but if you have a premium YouTube subscription, it's also on there. Um, School of Rock. Anything else before we rock on out of here? Oh, that was beautiful. Um, I... Uh... I, I hate that I don't hate you at all. I guess that's my last thing yeah. for our audience and for you as a uh, Aquarius. Yeah. I texted you yesterday. Our, our relationship is um, very Shakespearean. It's a... Tra- well, you, you also put tragedy yeah. in there, which means we're going to die soon. Yeah. At whose hand, though? Yeah. Well, good chance by Shakespeare that it's yeah. our own. Yeah. A poison dagger, a regular dagger, poison itself. Um, yeah, if you're watching the the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, it's um, guns that are called swords. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? who knows? I need to revisit that at some point. Maybe we can make that part of a series. I will, I, I will definitely pick that as part of the series. Okay. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I'd love to revisit yeah. that. No, but that won't be next time because next time we got School of Rock, Paramount Plus. Until then, you'll probably be back at school by the time that one comes out, if you live in Colorado at least. Um, but enjoy the rest of your summer. Stay cool. Stay out of the heat. Go for a hike. Do your homework. And peace out. Peace out. Peace out.